Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to Other Minds and Hands. My name is Corey Olson, the Tolkien Professor, joined as always by Maggie Park. And we are here today is our 50th episode of Other Minds and Hands. We meant it's... to bring party hats. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, I, did. I, I, I totally don't have a party hat. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, welcome. So good to be back with uh, with you guys again today. You know, today we want to we want to mostly just kind of reflect today because not so we're at 50 episodes um we're also a little over a year in um you know it was a, a year ago now it's august now a year ago um we were in uh uh you know we were talking a lot about rings of power getting ready for that as it was about to launch we were beginning rings and realms um we're about a, a month away from when the the i think from the trailer first dropped for uh for rings and realms um you know, yep. so a lot of the work that we've uh, been doing together, um, uh, you know, Maggie with uh, Signum Studios and stuff, you know, kind of goes back to about a year uh, ago now. It was, uh, you know, a year yep. ago now that we sort of had conversations to uh, start doing some studio stuff together. So um, it's you a. told me to go to Studio Lab and find the, that guy, Ben Davis, and <laughs> exactly. introduce yourself. And here exactly. we are. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So it's been. Uh, so today we're gonna we're gonna be reflecting a little bit on you know where we've been, what's been going on the last year, and and what we're kind of hoping to do, what we uh, want this broadcast to be. So like the initial impetus of Other Minds and Hands was just to have a place where you could talk about adaptation, and it really it was it was designed in part to create a kind of shelter from you know the from spicy internet discourse, right? right. But not space. just, yeah, a friendly space. And not just a um, a place where, like, you know, we're not going to be yelling at anybody here. Um, but really to be going out of our way to saying, uh, I mean, you know, Maggie, I think of a, you know, a phrase that we've often used when we, when we talk about, like, this was uh, one of the sort of the guiding uh, principles of Rings and Realms. We don't do reactions, we do analysis, right? Yeah. Um, and that was really something which sort of from the beginning we were wanting to kind of carve out, right? Uh, too often when people are responding to adaptations or wanting to talk about adaptations, like the discussions about Rings of Power that was happening a year ago, you know, over the last, you know, between a year and, you know, 16 months ago uh, through last summer, um, it, was, it was a question of, like, people there wasn't a, a, an opportunity for people to have th this discussion without having to like, you know, be terrified. Yeah. Be terrified to like yeah. be forced into take some kind of stand or be bullied about not taking the right stand or, or, or whatever else. Um, and the kind of thing that we've wanted to foster and encourage from the beginning has been, um, uh, has been simply, uh, sort of intellectual curiosity, right? And to really stop and think through, um, uh, think through what, what it means. Like, how do you, so, I mean, I know one of my goals, one of the things that really led me to say, okay, I really want to start another like broadcast channel about this is perceiving again and again that the discussions that were being had, like when people were asking the question, or not even asking the question, when people were making comments, often inflammatory comments, right, about the rings of power and its relationship 
to Tolkien and the Tolkien corpus. I found continually people saying things that just didn't make sense. Um, I I don't mean saying things I think were wrong, saying things that didn't make sense, things like they're ignoring the text. Um, and I'm like, wait, wait, hang on. Like we have, right. We have to stop and and, yeah, rewind. There's so much that we need to do to establish what are we even talking about? How do we even talk about this? Um, you know, and before we can even say, I have an opinion on this or that, like, can we clarify terms? Can we, can we, you know, try to sit back and, um, and, and, and the way that when, also, I, this was informed for me by my own memories of my own initial reactions to the Peter Jackson films when they came out and how much I had, um, you know, my own thinking had developed over the course of the years in just in how to think about that question. Um, you know, the, the, the questions of the relationship to the text. Um, you know, again, another sort of really quick, um, uh, really quick example for instance, of um, these kinds of sort of hot takes that people have, which are not just, it's not, it's, it's not about them being wrong. It's about the grounds of them being um, uh, like irrelevant to the question, right? Like, um, I don't like rings of power because they changed so much. Okay, wait, let's, Think about that, right? What are we talking about when we're talking about changing? You know, changing from what exactly and what... Con- and, and you know, and, like you can't... The idea that you can grade fairly a film adaptation based on like some kind of quantitative... Because people are doing this. Like, here's a list of everything that they changed, right? I mean, they're whole like YouTube... You know, like channels dedicated to logging the things changed, and I'm just like that. That is such a, um, such a vastly inadequate and frankly, frankly uneducated approach to like understanding an adaptation and how an adaptation works. Um, of course, there. Are, I mean, it, to do that is like saying. So I was reading, um, you know, this um, this Spanish translation of the Lord of the Rings, and I know they made all these changes you know, to the original text. Like, yes, 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 they did. (laughs) Right. Like you can't, you can't, you can't do that. Like you can't, like, that's not, that's not, that's not any kind of a valid basis. So anyway, so just thinking, um, the, these were the kinds of things that I was eager to kind of jump in and do and say, what can we, can we sit down together in a place where we can talk about stuff and it's, it's okay for us to have this discussion and to raise these issues, you know, without getting yelled at, um, and, and just really back up and, and try to examine how do we even talk about this stuff. So that was, I know, my very initial goal when we set out on Other Minds and Hands. Yeah, and similar. I mean, so much of it, I think, started as a bit reactive, right? Like, mm-hmm. we were getting these questions. We were getting yes. these reactions. You were getting lots of direct stuff on different social media platforms. And it was just hard to spend the time to answer those specific questions because there wasn't the time... There wasn't the open-mindedness, and that's a lot of conversations to re-educate over and over and over again. So it was just pretty clear pretty quickly it'd be handy if we could cover some of these bases to a wider group. But this was one of my frustrations when I first started studying adaptations, too. There's just not 
the same kind of methodology for adaptation analysis that exists in other areas necessarily. Mm -hmm. You can't apply the same tools for textual analysis as you can to adaptation analysis. And a lot of the things, and loads of academics have talked about this, and, you know, we've talked about the language that people use for adaptations, right. betrayal and faithful and authentic and <laughs> right, you know, right. all these crazy heavily laden words that have these big connotations of, of fidelity and things like that. They're just mm -hmm. tough. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. we have talked about creating our own vocabulary for it, but that's definitely one of the things that appealed to me about this conversation. It's a space for us to kind of work through it too, to kind of navigate this whole adaptation idea because adaptation studies didn't really start existing to like the seventies. They didn't mm -hmm. really start t getting any ground until the nineties. And then they really started taking off with social media and, and interactive internet and things like that. So like, sure like 99 to 2005 probably the the start of actual adaptation studies think of how the world has changed since 2005 right we have like immediacy of information we have immediacy mm -hmm. of reaction yes. those two things together don't talk to each other usually first of all right. so that's problematic right. <laughs> um and then like the tools to kind of go through that in any kind of systematic way are never going to work when people are angry so I loved that we were, I don't, I don't think we were really organized. We were just kind of trying to react a bit and discuss a bit and say, yeah, there is something that we need to talk about here. Let's start that conversation and provide some analysis. And I was really excited to potentially create some tools. And I think that's a little bit what we're thinking, you know, going mm -hmm. forward is, is can we provide a little bit more structure? Can we create a few more tools as a community, not just in yeah. Corey, like, we have this opportunity to make a space to be able to discuss these things a little bit more systematically. Like let's yes. some vocabulary. Let's yeah. And that's let's, been one of know? the most fun. One of the things that I've enjoyed most, um, those times when we have been working through, cause it's not just about, um, like, you know, when I, I talked about the, the sort of the initial impulses that I began with. Right. Um, it's not just about like, I know how to talk about adaptations and you don't, so let me explain it to you. Um, it's, I see problems in how things are happening. I know, I, and, and there are so many things that I haven't worked through. Um, and as you say, the field is still really new, right? Um, and there's a lot of, um, the, there's a lot of ways in which, there, there's still a lot of room to really kind of be working out vocabulary and thinking things, especially since I would also add, that um, there are a lot of things involved with like the kind of sci-fi fantasy properties like when you're at, when you're adapting there's there's some elements there that aren't you know standard. this yeah that aren't standard right you know you're not mm -hmm. like for instance you don't have the same exact uh, think about the whole the um, uh, the the one of the terms that we developed right with help from our listeners, uh, anacosmic. Is it anacosmic or not, right? To some extent, you can ask that question of an adaptation like Gone with the Wind, but it's not the same kind of question, right? You know, I mean, the, the, you could make a similar kind of argument, you know, does the adapt, is the adaptation true to the world that is built within the original novel? Um, but it's not the same question as when you're talking about a created world like Middle Earth or Dune mm -hmm. or something like that. Um, so 
there are definitely some things that are, and so so even apart from the fact that like adaptation studies and stuff is still a relatively new field, um, there's also the fact that our specific interest in it is in this particular subset, which often just does not get as much attention yeah. as other elements of it. So um, anyway, so we, um, oh, yeah. But was also a really cool opportunity to kind of have this space too. Like I remember the first time I gave a paper, um, well, I mean, I gave, I gave papers at conferences, and that's very different to give. It depends on your conference, right? Right. I right. gave a paper at LeakyCon, which is a Harry Potter convention. Right. Yep. Yeah. That paper at LeakyCon was like the best paper I'd ever given Game Changer because you didn't have to cover all that base information with people. You didn't mm -hmm. have to educate the room on like the core right. content. They already had that. They're like, we right. know, move on. Right. So similar right. with this crowd, like we all have this kind of common language. We understand the core content. So all of a sudden yes. we have this really beautiful shared reference point. And obviously, you know, we've you've learned over this this year that I don't have the knowledge that Corey has in terms of text, but we learn from each other in that yeah. and yeah. can refer back to these things. And I remember the film super well. So you have these like beautiful spaces where you can refer to things with each other and work through some some things. That that's cool you know like that's a rarity unto itself so i think right. that's been really fun to kind of have that shared space and this, this welcoming community to start to develop some of that ability to address this stuff that's just hard to address for yeah. a myriad of reasons so yeah yeah i would um i would love to take um uh i would love to look at the stuff that we've been building and discussing over the course of the year, the kind of, um, cause we've at many points either had a whole episode where we're focusing on a particular concept that we're trying to work through, um, or things will come up in the context of discussing another, a particular adaptation that we're, that we're talking about. Um, one thing I would love to do, but which I will say before I even identify it, that I don't have time to do <laughs> myself is, go through the discussions that we've had and begin building a kind of glossary begin building I, I would love to have um i would love to be building over the you know the course of our discussions i have loved our sort of free-range discussions and so many mm -hmm. wonderful things have come from that um but it would be wonderful to be able to have to build a kind of handbook you know a kind of like here's the other minds and hands you know uh, sort of like approach to 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 analyze both vocabulary for talking yeah. about you know I think we uh, to to have a glossary right of useful terms that help us uh, to be able to to identify and discuss particular things um, the uh, in addition to glossary to have a set of like here are important questions right yeah. you know here here are important questions to be asking you maybe alongside here are less useful questions right or at least questions we don't want to begin with right yeah. um faqs and why we're not dealing with them exactly <laughs> yeah yeah so because i think that we can it's not that i think this would what we would do is build like a rigid kind of system but if we could establish that kind of a i mean we have been establishing we just haven't systematized that kind of a framework of useful vocabulary and useful questions um that uh, offer a really good and constructive way to begin and to establish conversation about adaptations, which we can then apply as we move yeah. forward, because there are a lot of opportunities. Um, um, once we, if once we have that and then we can kind of be refining it as we go, um, is, um, uh, to have that kind of a framework, which we could then 
consistently apply uh, to things as they come, because there is so much that is coming, even just in the Tolkien adaptation world. Like we are, um, we are entering a really, really exciting time of Tolkien. I mean, exciting in one way or another. It's going to be exciting. Uh, not everyone will enjoy it, but it will be exciting. Right. There um, will be lots for us to discuss. Exciting. Lots There's to be discussed. New content all the yeah. time. Yeah. yeah, there, there, there absolutely is. I mean, we are. Um, I was. I gave a talk on this at the um, uh, ZenkaiCon when I was there in the spring. Um, th what I expect to see is a kind of arms race. Like uh, this is something I think that people don't talk about enough with the Embracer Group and uh, and um, Amazon. Amazon, basically. So Amazon has purchased the rights to streaming Tolkien content. And Embracer has purchased the rights to video games and to feature films, right? The feature film versus streaming TV show, that's, I think there's going to be like a, a media war there, yeah. basically to say, because, you know, Amazon is bought in, literally bought in, right, on the premise that streaming TV shows is where the future is. F f feature films are in decline and streaming TV is where the future is. And this, I believe, is why Amazon, Amazon easily could have outbid Embracer for the rights, but they did not do that, right? They chose to not do that. Um, therefore, Amazon has kind of put their own flag in the ground and said, we think that streaming is, we don't even need that. We don't even need the film stuff, right? Um, so what I expect to see is something like a, not a turf war exactly, right. but a, a rivalry between the a two rivalry. of them, you know, where the feature film, you know, the Embracer backed feature films that are coming, of which the War of the Rohirrim coming up relatively soon is the, it, it, it is to be the first, right? Where there's going to be this whole new, new line of uh, films um, that are going to be trying to be proving that the feature film is still a good mode oh, for adaptation there. And then you've got Amazon in the Rings of Power, and I think uh, I expect others besides the Rings of Power, or in addition to the Rings of Power, um, are going to be trying to show that, no, no, streaming TV is, is where it's at. And I would not be surprised. I don't have any inside information on this, but I would not be surprised if the Tolkien estate basically waits to sell the rights to the Silmarillion. That will happen. Now that Christopher's dead, that will totally happen. There will be film adaptations of Silmarillion stuff. But which mode is it going to be in? Whom, whom are they going to sell it to? Are they going to sell it to Embracer or are they going to sell it to Amazon? And I think they're kind of waiting to see how is that how is this you know streaming tv versus feature film thing gonna 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 pan out before what, they make that choice and what kind of structure is going to be behind it you know like i'm just so fascinated to see the process of all of this that we saw or we are seeing the most expensive adaptation ever made on a streaming platform and the power and the money that they had available to them and some of the things that didn't work so well and some of the mm -hmm. things that did and just seeing the choices that they made and how that was going to move forward and how the fans were wary and then also responsive. And now we're going to have this whole other side and Embracer doesn't have quite the same financial power, but they're still pretty good. So it's going right. to be interesting just to see these different tactics of like audience engagement and audience yes. construction. And if they're coming out at the same time, 
that's asking a lot of an audience to love two things at once. It's rare mm-hmm. that you have warring content in the same property. You know, we yep. didn't have the Harry Potter book and the Harry Potter film coming out at the same time. Well, you did, but they were in the same yeah, home. Yeah, differently. They were, they yeah, exactly. They, they were, were not in conflict. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they were not in exactly. conflict. So having those things come out from two different places and asking the audience to choose which one are you going to throw your weight behind because that is what they're going to end up doing. Like, regardless, you're going to have people being like, well, I'm team Edward, I'm team Bella, I'm team TV, I'm team film, I'm team... <laughs> right. right. They're right. going to push right. that train whether we like it or not. But we don't have to engage with that, which is also... Because nice. in this case, we have literal economic competition between two yes. different uh, groups. Yeah. So yes, yeah. they will be in competition with each other. And um, I think now- that, like, doing the analysis on that development process is going to be really fascinating. I dream of being involved in that development process and just right. seeing if we can help mitigate some of those fights. But hopefully there won't be fights and we can oh, see that analysis left, right, and center. Wouldn't it be awesome to be able to be like a fan advocate in the middle of this, yeah. like to be kind of uh, talking like, to both and being like, guys, can we? At the table, yeah. Let's, <laughs> yeah, let's make a little piece. Yeah, yeah, that would be fun. I mean, in, in a perfect world, they should all be creating stuff that people love. And yeah. aren't we lucky that we get to consume yeah. two different arms of Tolkien at the same time? Yeah. That should be the vibe, but I have a feeling that's not going to be the vibe we get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll see. And of course, what I'll be really interested to see, we, we've not yet gone anywhere close to this yet, but will we come to the place where they're actually doing rival Tolkien universes, basically? Mm-hmm. Like, so far, nothing they've done has overlapped, right? Right. And I will say, The Rings of Power is being pretty careful to be consistent you know they, they've they've not they've not clashed with the Peter Jackson films like they haven't taken they haven't departed from you know uh, like they have not created an alternate world you can easily watch um, the Peter Jackson stuff and the Rings of Power together and imagine it's all within the same, the same world yeah. adaptation world right and they um, wanted that they, that was right. purposeful yeah. Exactly. But again, with these two ri- rival houses, it's easy to imagine a world in which they start saying, no, forget it. We're going to we're going to create something which absolutely contradicts the adaptation choices that we're going to make totally different choices and create a completely so that they become separate parallel universes of Tolkien adaptation like that is that could happen there's no there's nothing to stop that from happening other than perhaps the Tolkien estate might uh, because they would be working both sides would be working with the Tolkien estate so it would be in the Tolkien estate's power to say uh, but but that would be interesting I don't even know exactly how that would how that would work Um, but um, anyway um, yeah, yeah yeah So I'm, it's, I'm getting lost in the comments and the questions because I feel like we should play with those a little bit. There's a, I love the chatter, so please, guys, bring the questions on. Um, yeah. But it is also just making me think of, of the, the competition as also opportunity. Yeah. And, and so many different things that, that have to play there. And, and, you know, we were talking beforehand, like, when do these things go out of print? When do we get access to this? There's too many finite rules of copyright law. I don't know the yeah. answer to that. It's, so it's going to be different in different countries. It's going to be different on different platforms. But it's a while until we have total free reign for open access to anybody to make their own adaptation. So part of it's kind of interesting, though, because we do have a slightly more controlled environment for a few more years. And the rules within that 
exist, but they're pretty fluid. And mm -hmm. and how how are these adapters going to, to yeah. work within that and either alienate or keep people happy? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, we got into this sidetrack just by saying there's a lot that's going to be happening. And as this stuff is coming down the pike, and again, this is well, this is just the Tolkien world that we're talking about. That's yeah. not even to talk about other uh, other adaptations and other uh, fandoms and interesting things. I mean, like I'm gonna be really interested to see, especially since the first one did really well and had really good responses. Uh, to th I'm thinking of the Dungeons and Dragons movie, right? Yeah. Is that gonna be the the whole like? Dungeons and Dragons colon Honor Among Thieves title that they came up with suggested to me pretty firmly that they were planning other Dungeons and Dragons colon films, uh, you know, in the future. So are we going to see a whole franchise, you know, is, is that film meant to be the beginning of a whole new sort of film franchise that's kind of, I don't, I don't, even, I don't know, I have no idea about that. Um, so there are all kinds of, um, and, and then of course you, you have the already established franchises and the way that those are like spinning off, like the new Harry Potter stuff that's being talked about yep. with HBO and um, the new Narnia adaptation that's coming through Netflix that has been Yep. rumored for many years and is and finally look, looking like it's 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 moving forward um there are, and then of course we've got the new dune series that we're in the middle of you know the new the new films there and would there be other sort of spin-offs from that so there are all kinds of um, coming back and mattel said they have another eight or nine boy adaptations coming up i mean there's, okay there's so many things that uh you know we we can see it's coming yeah great we're never yeah. going to have lack of things to talk about and obviously we do talk about lord of the rings a lot here because it's just a shared space that we all have but it's also been so fun to take those moments to look at adaptation in a different way like i'm gonna forever love the christmas carol um episode that we did. <laughs> yes. it was so, so fun to take a yes. step back from lord of the rings and and talk about some of these concepts in a less charged yeah now, that's by the way we should totally do things like that more often yeah. like that that kind of homework assignment we're like okay let's just take take a, a classic book that's been adapted you know a thousand Little times guys. and let's just look at uh look at lots of different uh versions. Little women. Yeah. Little women. Okay. Little women. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. And we've let's talked about Jane Austen like we've really got yeah. to do some Jane Austen. Absolutely. Yeah, we, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Austen is uh Austen is right up my street. Uh yeah. Little women less up my street, though I live on an adjacent street to that. So I, I can, I can, I can, I can do it. You I can, can make travel it work. in the same neighborhood. Yeah. And I've just, and I've just been recently to, you know, uh, the Alcott's house. house in uh, Concord. So you know, I'm, uh, I'm yeah. all up on it. Um, but um, anyway, yeah. yeah, we do want to look beyond just the property that we're familiar with. But the property we're familiar with is an easy space for us to talk about some of these concepts because it's. We all have the same language that we're, we're using in the same pool of information, which is handy. Yeah. Um, yeah, going forward, it would be really good to kind of put a little bit more structure into some of this stuff and do a couple of episodes on that thing and that thing. But we were all saying we don't want to be like crazy super structured with this. It's nice to have no. a little bit of space. Yeah, I mean, it, especially the adaptation world is one in which there's, there's new stuff coming out and news that's happening all the time and stuff. So we want to be able to respond to this stuff. But when I, when I talk about structure, I'm mostly thinking about structure in kind of putting together this, the stuff that we have talked about and like the, you know, kind of our, our, 
Yes, articulate. Yes, a toolkit. That's a really great metaphor for what I think we want to build. We don't want to build a. It's not a handbook. It's not a. It's a toolkit. Yeah, we we, we would love to. I would love to assemble. I would uh, love no. to take I would love to see assembled <laughs> a toolkit. <laughs> I think I would like to assemble. So I feel like, like yeah. give me give me some time. This is not mm-hmm. the time of my life to do that just yet. But I could see this being like if anybody wants a research assistant position to go through what we've done already <laughs> and make a Google Doc for us to start from. Oh man, that would be yay. awesome. That would but be awesome. I, I would like to be able to take the torches and pitchforks from people's angry hands yeah. and hand yeah. a little a like, tool kit instead. Yeah. Exactly, a, right. A little tackle yeah. box of nice little things yeah. that you can tap into and Yeah. Put down yeah. the torch. Here, try this instead. Yeah. No, that's yeah. and that's that's exactly the kind of method for other minds and hands. Yeah. And the best way to do that is by starting some conversations and showing some examples. So Somebody just here was talking about the um, Narnia adaptations, doing the BBC ones, uh, the Higgy Baby. Uh, I've, mm-hmm. I've done that in one of my classes, and we did just a single scene comparison between the Narnia and the BBC, and we did the Beaver's Den, um, and just doing side-by-side comparison of those two choices and talking about budget, talking about costume, talking about time, talking about audience. Like, there's so many different variables you can pull in from a single scene from one yeah. adaptation that it's great you know there's so much fodder to discuss these things and i love being able to pull out these individual things and now that we've got a netflix big budget one coming up great Mm -hmm. now we've got three to compare that to and and talk about differences and it's all to provide context like don't get mad say interesting right right and uh, you know nameless arcanum just um uh, just said, you know, it's assuming the angry people are arguing things in good faith. This honestly is one of the things, again, this is back to one of the things that I was interested in from the very beginning, is one of the things that I was finding in the initial discourse and all of the angry people and all of the trolls as well um, about the rings of power. One of the things I wanted primarily was to differentiate between the people who are interested in thinking and talking about things and the people who just want to yell at folks, right? Because um, yeah. it's a hobby for some people. Exactly. And, and exactly. Yeah. And 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 that's like, uh, there's nothing that can be done about that. But that's that's fine. Like, so, Nameless Arcanum. The point would be, if we have a toolkit to hand to people, and like a table to invite them to, like here's here's some mm-hmm. tools that we put together that will help. Uh, mm-hmm. Have a, a reasonable, dis- you know, a reasonable discussion. If you're interested in the relationship between this and the book, here are some ways to think about that that will be helpful. And here's an opportunity to discuss it together, right? Yeah. If we can present both of those things, and somebody is like, "No, I'm not interested. I don't care." Then, well, fine. Like then, yeah. then we know where we are, right? Yeah. But that was exactly the thing is that I was finding that there were people who, and this is one of the reasons, by the way, that I've always. I've always been very, very slow. I'm very, very slow to block people on social media. Um, And it's one of the reasons that I'm very, very slow to block people on social media, because I have frequently found that people who do, in fact, sound exactly like trolls are not necessarily trolls. They're people who like this is the vocabulary that they have, you know, and so they're using this vocabulary. And but like they would they would. uh, they would they would use other if they, if other were available to them, and so having this invitation where we're um, so like the mere fact that somebody is holding a torch and a pitchfork doesn't make them the enemy, right? right. If those are the only tools that they have in their tool shed, then that's what they've got, right? So um, so yes, being able to offer 
tools um, instead of, you know, constructive tools instead of destructive tools. Um, sometimes those tools yeah. come from a place of love. You know, they're scared that somebody's going to mess with their perfect story. And I get that. You're defensive. But right. yeah, if you're able to offer them some opportunities. And, you know, the, if, if you turn to academics, like we said, it's a fairly young field and it hasn't kept up with the the digital world and all the different ways that stories are told now so it's hard to find those kind of tools and find space where it's agreed upon and spoken about plainly so yeah yes. it would be lovely to be able to develop some of that and put that out there we'll work on a toolkit guys exactly and and it's and again none of this is and this is the one of the major things that um I don't, I don't know what the prospects are of ever making an impact in this direction. The thing I go back to the, um, all of the, the discourse not just about the rings of power but about me, right? Me being accused of being a shill and everything, because I wouldn't say it was horrible, right? Yeah. If I didn't yeah. say in advance that it was horrible. Um, then that meant that I was advocating for it. And if I was advocating for it, it was obviously because I was being paid, right? So like, it doth follow as the night the day that I am a shill. Um, none of the things that we're talking about, when we're talking about toolkits, when we're talking about discussion, none of this has anything to do with liking or not liking something, yeah. or even approving or not approving something, right? Um, what it is about is saying, if you're going to disapprove of something, like if you're going to say the relationship between this and the text is like problematic, right. then ideally you want to be making an informed and not an ignorant statement about that. So one thing right. that we want to do is to help provide tools to inform yourself, to think about that in a more, to do to do better analysis, right? Not just reaction, but analysis about that so that you don't end up looking a fool. Like that's, you know, what, again, this is not to say you have to change your opinion. It doesn't yeah. mean like you have to like it. Um, you know, you, you have to like the films or you have to like the show or any of that stuff. Um, and again, so frequently, this is the thing that I kind of despair on. Um, the thing that I sort of despair on is getting people to understand that giving something the benefit of the doubt, waiting to see how it unfolds, just sitting back and doing dispassionate analysis, um, taking the reaction out of analysis does not mean approval. And it doesn't even mean enjoyment of the thing in itself, right? I can do analysis and enjoy the analysis of a thing that I dislike and don't enjoy at all. Right. Um, but that kind of distance, right, is and, and, and again, people keep um, keep mistaking like intellectual distance for approval because, you know, there's the tendency to have this kind of binary um, binary approach. Right. The, you know, the binary approach between um, like either you you either love it or you hate it. And if you're not hating it, that means you love it. Right. And endorse right. it. Um, uh, yeah. I don't I'm, know. I'm, yeah. I'm laughing because I just had this conversation with a friend of mine and about the Barbie movie. And there isn't there doesn't seem to be a lot of tolerance for middle ground, no. you know, and and 
I, I don't feel the need so much anymore to say I loved it or I hated it. I loved these moments. I wondered why they did that that way. I, I thought that part was really cool and that ah, didn't resonate with me, but maybe it's because of my background not playing with that toy or, you know, whatever it happened to be. There doesn't seem to be a lot of that space. It's like love, hate. Yeah. So being able to work in that space is kind of cool. I blame, I blame Siskel and, e- and Ebert. <laughs> yeah, up or down. I do, up or down. Thumbs up, thumbs yeah. down. And I, I, I'm a little bit joking, but I'm actually kind of a little bit not joking. Like, I do think that the, the roots of the current internet reaction culture yeah. is in the, like, mm-hmm. reviews, film and TV reviews. Yeah. That ultimately, that, that, that culture of... I am going to get onto a media outlet, whether it's a TV show or, you know, like Siskel and Ebert or whether it's, uh, you know, like newspaper reviews or, or whatever. And right. I, I'm, Tomatoes, Metacritic. Right. I'm, yeah. I'm deliberately talking about back in the day, like back in the like 70s, 80s, the, you know, like, oh, you know, right. like the, you know, when um, because it wasn't like there were always critics, right? There always I mean, there have been critics as long as there have been movies, but. But this culture of like, well, let's see what the reviewers say. Um, and this idea of um, like it has to like your job, right, is to give a reaction in which you say again, thumbs up, thumbs down, like the Siskel and Ebert thing. Right. Like, yeah. is this worth seeing? Is this not worth seeing? I'm going to tell people whether or not this is worth your time. Right. Like, and Don't I, bother seeing this. And I don't have a problem with that concept because that's how a lot of people decide what movie they're going to go see. So in a purely practical sense, if you find a reviewer that you often agree with, that can be a really handy resource to Mm -hmm. say, oh, I like that reviewer. I'm going to see what they said about this movie, because if I have to decide between these four, I guess I'll go with the one. But most people don't go to that level. They're just seeing the numbers, or they're just seeing the Metacritic score, or they're just seeing the Rotten Tomatoes score, or the thumb up, thumb down, whatever, and making a decision based off of that. But so many factors go into that. You never know who's being paid off. You never know who's being schmoozed. Like, you actually don't know who the shills are sometimes. It seems like a really reductive way. Like, I'm going to take their opinion before I form my own. Doesn't seem like the best process for engaging with a piece of media. So unless you've actually put the work into knowing the reviewer, I find the whole world of reviewing ridiculous because I don't want their opinions before I form my own, you know? And I feel like... But but, but, but I feel like that that world is like you know, the parent or the grandparent of the modern intel. Like, I'm going to be the first with a reaction show that comes in and tells everybody, this is awesome, or this sucks. Like, I want to lead one or two of those, one or the other of those bandwagons. Yeah. Right. And I want to make sure I'm always the one that's, like, controversial and scathing. Right. And that's where, and, you know, Snow Warning, what you were just saying there on Twitch is exactly right. Um, uh, Snow Warning says, sometimes a misunderstanding would take more effort and understanding to resolve uh, than either, uh, or than one or either party is willing to give um, especially in spaces where conversations are fleeting and social media where people chase engagement and approval are real poison for intellectual honesty. Yes. And that's basically, that's why um, the thing that I have been myself personally been trying to say, and been trying to get people to understand, um, you know, they keep wanting to, I is, is I am not playing that game. 
Like, I am doing intellectual analysis, which means I am not... But stop asking me to take a stand, to, you know, to to play a role in a game that I fundamentally refuse to play. play. Yeah. Right? Like, it's... That's 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 the... And, and I won't play it because of that. Like, intellectual honesty, that's the important thing, like, to, to be able to do... And not to mention, it's just, like, for me, it's just selfish. Like, that's what's fun. That's what I enjoy. Um, I don't like hearing people spouting off rant, you know, about stuff. I like, I enjoy analysis. Um, and, um, so yeah, so I'm, um, one of the things, so it's, it's been one of the things that has been, again, it's been a defining element of other minds and hands from the beginning is stubbornly <laughs> to, you know, to mark out that ground and say, we are not doing this. This was hard in, with rings and realms. Because people kept wanting to put Rings and Realms into the, like, like could it compare it to other, like, reaction shows. And we're like, yeah, but, okay, but that's not what we're doing. Like, it's not, and, it's not even designed annoyed. to be a reaction show. And they were annoyed that that's not what we were doing. You know, they, yeah. they wanted to file it under that these are the shows that, that love Rings of Power. These are the ones that hate it. And yeah, It's like, that's not what we do. We're done. We're trying to. It's one of the reasons why, from the beginning with Rings and Realms, we made the deliberate choice. So, of course, everyone will remember the Rings of Power is coming out every every week, right? Um, and so it could come out every week on Fridays, well, Friday at midnight. And um, we would not, we didn't drop our Rings and Realms episodes until Tuesday at the very earliest, Wednesday, sometimes even Thursday. And that was a choice, we made this choice at the very beginning. We're like, we yeah. are going to release our episodes um, at the end of the one week cycle, like after it drops. Um, not not just because there were some practical reasons behind that. I mean, what we Take were doing was a little more complicated. Yeah, yeah. We we're not just sitting down in front of a webcam and starting to talk, you know, the minute after the show stops. Um, but but it was more than that. Um, it was that was a deliberate choice. We don't want to be part of that. We don't we don't want to be in the same world as the people who are like, here's the first reaction to, you know, they're like, that's right. not what 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 we're doing. So. And yeah. I mean, I appreciate those people because that's especially the ones that we worked with in our circles that there were some really beautiful things coming out immediately and it provided that kind of context and community. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think that's really vital to something like the Tolkien fandom to be able right. to engage is great <laughs> yeah. to be able to fight and be mad. It's tough. So it was really nice to be part of the end of the cycle again for the practical reasons but also because we led right up into the release of the next episode right. so you have two to three hours because that's what we do two to three hours of analysis kind of prepping you for what you're going to see next and we didn't know what we we're going to see next either we never got any kind of pre-screener yeah. except those first two episodes in new york before they came out right. but like all of it was just immediate go you know like but I, and i don't know if we ever shared with you guys the process either but like Corey would watch the show a couple of times and send yeah. bullet points to me and ben and by the time Corey had seen it a couple of times i had woken up in the uk and would then watch it a couple of times with his bullet points in mind you know it's like yeah. it just became this wonderful machine and it was a machine we had a framework we had a structure we just mm -hmm. didn't have the content to hand so once you had the content it could fit into that structure but that's hard to come by you know we kind of made right. it happen because we had a format with rings and realms and we had a format with rings of power but when right. you're talking about the big wide world of adaptation and all these different games and musics and platforms and thoughts it's hard to have that structure i don't have an end to that sentence but like that's kind of what we're talking about of like yeah 
I would love to develop some of that structure. It could take us 10 years. But again, have you met us? That's what we do. <laughs> right. It's, so, it is. It is. Yeah. But I would yeah. love to, to be able to provide some of that in the toolkit so we, we can say, all right, what are our bullet points here? Let's look at X, Y, Z. Anyway. Yeah. Long, long projects are our jam. You're right. That's exactly so, it. That's exactly <laughs> it. Yeah. No. So, well, we're, um, we're, we are, we are, we are prepared to be patient, but it is I mean, one of the things that makes other minds and hands different from like my other long projects um, is that there isn't like a, a pre. I mean, I can tell you, we can project the projections sometimes change, but I can project and tell you, you know, probably about what I'll be talking about in five years uh, in exploring the Lord of the Rings. Right. Um, let's see. Five years. Hey, we might get to the two towers in five by yeah, five years yeah. from now. Who knows? Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, uh, with other minds and hands, who knows what we're going to be talking about in five years, right? Other minds and hands is much more dynamic because it's responding to, you know, stuff that's coming out all the time. Um, and so, again, where I where where I think um, more sort of system would be helpful is in that is in that toolkit right to have mm -hmm. a sort of um the more we can be having a sort of a uh, a useful clear and constructive set of questions to be asking it'd be awesome wouldn't it be great to have like just here's a set of questions we're going to ask of every adaptation yeah um yeah. And, uh, you know, it's not, and it's not about like we're going to be scoring them and everything, but like these are the conversations. These are the th these are the important discussions. Like here, here are the important like analytical questions to ask. And then and then particular adaptations will raise other issues that might not be universally true of everybody, you know, of every adaptation and stuff. Right. Um, but um, like, for instance, I'm thinking I just, I just mentioned the Dungeons and Dragons movie, um, the way in which the Dungeons and Dragons movie, like as a as an adaptation of the Dungeons and Dragons phenomenon, there is not only the primary content generated by Wizards of the Coast in the D&D world, but there's also like the whole player role-playing game experience that's also kind of folded into that as well. And so how and in what ways or to what extent is that element going to be brought in? That's not a question that you would ask of like a Jane Austen film, right? Right. Um, so there, there will be there, and 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 I and I haven't seen Barbie, by the way. But there are obviously other questions, as when we discussed the Lego film a little bit. There are you know other kinds of questions because that's a different kind of adaptation than, um, yeah. um, uh, than this is. So, yeah. And different yeah. platforms and different people, and you know, it's it all just depends. A radio drama is going to be real different than a graphic novel. It's going to be real different than a game, which is going to be real different than a streaming, which is going to be real different from a feature film. Yeah. 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 Um, also, Mifluin, I'm copying that. So, copyright. <laughs> That's excellent title. Adaptation Analysis Toolkit. Finding out what matters in these adaptation choices. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what we're talking about. Like, what does matter? And a lot of it is personal. Like, I know we're saying there's a lot of analysis, but it's okay if you're more interested in X or Y. Sure. And so yeah. more interested in A and B. Like, I do have, I think, a more emotional reaction sometimes immediately than Corey does because I'm still learning to kind of take that step back. And I, but I also find like what I'm emotively reacting to is what I want to spend time being analytical about. So right. that's cool. Like let's right. let's find those those pathways. But yeah, 
And I'm not dodging the party hat discussion. I forgot mine. <laughs> I, forgot, I, exactly. like, I, I scanned the room before I sat down. And I was like, there's not even a tiara down here. I've got a ring light. I can <laughs> That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. I don't have yeah. a, I, I, I don't have a good party hat either. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, anyway, so, so this too. Um, yeah. So I, I look forward to our, building the toolkit set of questions um that we can then apply and then the more we can we can work them out the, the, so that the first stage uh in our next the next sort of part of our life here i think should be trying to establish you know coming up with a with an initial you know draft of the that glossary and those questions and then and then practicing refining them developing them, them refining yeah. them through application right let's yeah. do let's do another let's do another project let's pick let's pick something let's, we can pick um like uh, there's we haven't we still haven't talked about things like the bakshi adaptation of the fellowship of the ring for instance right, right? we could talk about that um we could also, and we can also do other things like to, you know, let's pick just like we did uh, with Christmas Carol. You know, let's yep. take Pride and Prejudice and let's do a Pride and Prejudice discussion. Um, yeah. um, anyway, there are lots of. Um, I think that's uh, the way to, to think there. about it. I thank you for that. I feel like we just had some action points from this this board meeting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, all right. Exactly. So our, our next step, everybody, is to start thinking about the questions we would ask of an adaptation. Yeah. And that's going to take us some time to finesse those. But if we start throwing out those questions and compiling a list, and then Corey and I can pick different things and you can feed in suggesting what you want us to do, we use those and we revisit every couple of weeks or months and say, did those work? Do we want mm -hmm. to keep those? Yeah. File them away. Yeah. Yeah. And and the best way to the best way to do is road test them. Well, it's road test them yeah. and, and and see how how they get refined uh, through actual discussions of. Uh, of, of different adaptations. And then of course we have stuff coming out too, you know, so there will be other stuff to, to discuss yeah. things that we see. And I, do wanna, and I yeah. do want to be a little reactive to some of that because so much of it matters to us in our community that it's fun to be able to be a voice in that conversation. So yeah, I definitely want to make sure we're aware of the stuff that's coming as well. And you know, I just think back to like those early days of discussing the posters that came out and being able to be analytical about the posters for Rings of Power and having that take a couple of hours to look at images like that level of depth is really fun. And mm -hmm. I want to be able to respond to that. But that doesn't mean that we can't use the same kind of analytical process when looking at some of those things in the same way that we would looking at a film that we had planned to discuss, you know, a couple weeks ahead of time. Right. Yep. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, so yeah, the, is there anything that we would need in our toolkit besides our questions and our, um, glossary? Would Ooh. there be like a list of, uh, I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking that they're, they're like a, a list of like, well, principles isn't the right word, but like a, you know, a kind of, um, uh, yeah, like basic, yeah, like core, because um, uh, there are some things which are just, well, I'm going to say principles again, but like basically principles, principles that you kind of have to bring to it, right? Because um, uh, if you're not willing to, you know, 
do yeah. a thing like the questions you're not going to even be in a space to answer the question if you're not um if you're not able like to a, sorry i have a i have a dog I here i figured so. that's what it was <laughs> yeah um I, I feel like mission statement is almost kind of right like there's something along that kind of thinking yeah that well, we would need to have kind of an introduction uh you know an abstract at the beginning or something that's like we welcome you into this space of our friendly toolkit However, you need to be kind and put down, lay down thy torches. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Say so some kind of, some kind of, um, so yeah, now I can't gesticulate because like the dog is going to, she always does this. Like, um, she assumes I'm doing something with her when I, when I gesticulate mm -hmm. now. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, but I think it's, it's not just a single like mission statement or something like that. It's about, um, uh, yeah, well, a list of like, Guidelines, maybe guidelines is the better way to talk about it, because it's, it's not rules, right? B but there are certain basic premises, because it's, it's more than one. It's it's more than just like an outlook thing. It's about, um, uh, like, for, so for give off the top of my head, one clear example, um, like you can't the the thing about not making a checklist of changes, right? Like if you're if you're just cataloging alterations, you're not analyzing an adaptation, right? That's an interesting exercise. That's not what we're talking it's about a here. It's, you know? it's a totally, totally yes. different. Yeah, like to to acknowledge like yeah, that you can't to to say that they can't they shouldn't make changes is exactly like saying you shouldn't you can translate a text from one language to another without making any changes like you you doing that's what adaptation means you have to adapt it in order to do an adaptation um so that's one example of what i would say is you know could be just sort of stated as a premise right um the 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 presence of alterations or even the number of alterations made does not indicate the success or failure or the faithfulness of an adaptation. Um, so there are a number of those kinds of, um, uh, there, there are a number of those kinds of, um, uh, of guidelines, principles, right. Um, that, 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 you know, we're basically, like our whole discussion is going to be premised upon these ideas, um, and uh, you need to be willing to let these things to go to to acknowledge, like, yeah, yes, mm -hmm. changes are going to be made. Now let's talk about the changes, mm -hmm. and, um, and 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 we'll talk about how to do that. Um, anyway, th there's so yeah, I do think that there's um, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway. So that that's why I'm th I'm saying I think like the the glossary we also need some kind of uh, basic Foundation. sort of f foundational guidelines right yeah. to the to the to, to the discussion yeah and I feel like we that maybe that's something we could do alongside studios too because I feel like that could be something that we could do in a five to ten minute intro video you know yeah. like let's do yeah. a mini lecture about what we do why we do it how we do it what we ask of you you know and then here's our toolkit yeah yeah okay. I can see this coming yeah. 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 Um, uh, yeah. So I think if, if, if we have that, if that we establish that framework and that then enables us to do our our list of questions, our, mm -hmm. our, 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 our list of discussion, you know, analysis guiding questions um, for any adaptation. Um, 
Oh, yeah, boy. and the 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 glossary would be designed to serve both, you know, because there will be terms that we will want to use either in the questions or in the mm -hmm. guidelines that we would, um, um, or also, but I guess also some of those, some of those terms are simply like, here are useful concepts to help guide the discussion. I mean, that's, it's one of the things, um, one of the things by the, one of the reasons, by the way, that I, I'm always big on this. I'm always big on nomenclature and, 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 and words because the words that you have for things determine what you think about, right? Like if you don't have a, a, a word for something, you're not, you're not going to think, you know, so like, and, 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 and also kind of works the other way around too, right? The yeah. fact that we don't have words, a particular word, like when we were looking for a word that meant, you know, is this or is it not consistent with the world, right? Yep. Um, the, you know, <clears throat> is it anacosmic? That's um, the fact that there, that, that word that, that didn't exist as a word um, shows that it's not being talked about enough. It's not being talked about enough and consistently enough, right? Um, so it kind of it kind of both uh, sort of goes in goes in both directions there. And that the main words used for adaptation are those heavily charged emotional ones. They're not the right words for us because no. we're we're not no. talking about fidelity and faithfulness and betrayal. We're talking about mm -hmm. what we're talking about. So yeah, creating a different glossary. So I I think some of it might be my own homework or anybody who also wants to join with me is kind of revisiting some of the adaptation theory that does exist and right. what are some of the challenges that we have with it. Like yeah. I was saying to Corey, there's a really famous article um, by Thomas Leach, Lech, I'm not sure how you say it, um, 2003, 12 Fallacies of Adaptation Theory. And it's kind of like a quintessential thing when you start studying adaptation theory. But that was written in 2003. Mm -hmm. So I'm real curious about like how that has lasted and how we feel about that kind of structure now. And I don't think we need to talk about fallacies but I think we would come up with another word along those lines. And mm -hmm. then having those foundations, those guidelines, those whatever, lead into the questions that we ask of an adaptation. And I love the idea, I don't know who said it just a minute ago, um, talking to practitioners and using those questions as starting points for discussion with the creators. Yes. Excellent. You know, that's such a nice way to bring analysis into the practical field. Why did you do it this way? And that's not me being a, like accusing. Why did you do it this right. way? <laughs> right. Why did you do How it this way? How could you? Right. Yeah. But yeah, no. exactly. Coming um, from a place would, of curiosity. <laughs> yeah. And it's one of the things I've always, um, one thing I would love to do more, and I hope we'll get a chance to do more as we move through, to talk to people, like the people who don't usually get interviewed, like writers. Yeah. Uh, you know, for instance, um, and, uh, I mean, it was really fun to talk to Bear McCreary about the score. Um, and really fun. I, I mean, I, t to me, the Bear McCreary and the John Howe conversations that we've had are like two of the best, most illuminating conversations that we've had because there in both cases, we were able to talk with a creative person who is doing adaptation and to talk with them about the process and and you know how they think about it and what that means to them and stuff mm -hmm. um but um yeah i mean that's that's uh to, uh, to the, the, i i think that, that is a really fun thing to kind of pair with um our own analysis of the um of the uh, of the, the you know the films and the shows themselves
and realizing that they have their own structures as well. You know, Bear is such a creative mind, but was so controlled and regimented in how he worked sometimes, it seemed. And, you know, locking himself away for hours at a time to make sure that note worked the same way. And then the inversion worked that way. So, like, mm-hmm. it was almost mm-hmm. mathematical how he proceeded through his own creative process. Yeah. So it makes sense that we're working on our own creative process alongside. And then occasionally mm-hmm. we'll touch in with practitioners and do it that way. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Cool. Um, all right. Well, I think that's a point. Now we just have to figure out how we can. The actual Do work it. of building this is going to be. I get. I know. I can't. And you're uh, not busy but, right yeah. now, are you, Corey? No. I mean, you totally. No. Have time. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing else happening right now. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. I think. I feel like Sorry, this is something. Maggie that... is teasing me because, like, actually yeah. today is a deadline for uh, a major uh, thing, a major that's document I have due in. Eleven hours now, so um, yeah. I was like, really have time for this, but we're not oh, yeah. here next week. So we're not here we're next like, week. Let's yeah. do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, and the two weeks after that, I'm at summer camp in the wild woods of New Hampshire. But I'm kind of hoping I can escape to find some Wi-Fi so we can keep talking about this and start to lay out some of the structures that we might bring into this. Yeah, um, it would be good. Forward. Let's do. Um, let's 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 talk about that um, that that leech article. Um, I think that would be a, real, a really fun, uh, a really fun thing to do to go back to look at something which is really, as you say, it's like a, a sort of a cornerstone of modern adaptation, you know, academic theory, um, and but was written 20 years ago. So let's see, let's see sort of what 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 we think, what we can learn from uh, his analysis there, and you know what we think might have changed or ways in which we differ from. I think that would be that would be a fun way to. To focus this discussion a little bit. Yeah, I think it's a good starting point. I think it's a good starting point that we're all kind of sharing the same nomenclature that does exist. And I, I can set other articles if you want me to. But you know, it's a good place to kind of begin from, um, and then see where we where we kind of bulk. Like that doesn't fit. That doesn't work how we think it it should. And and some of the things that we think we yeah. can bring to that. So I'll put the citation in um, the Twitch chat, and we can put it in the YouTube description after this is this is over. Um, I don't know how you can find open access, but I'll see if we can find it somewhere. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Edith is uh, uh, saying she'd love to help volunteer. Um, If you're interested in volunteering to help us build the toolkit, um, send an email to studios at signumu.org would be the best thing. That way that'll that'll come to both to both me and Maggie and we can um, uh, we can. we can work at studios at signumu.org, uh, and then we'll, we'd we'd love to. It would be fun to to build a team to to help out with that. So, yeah, that would be great. Cool, awesome, yeah. good. Well, um, the I think it's okay uh, if we wrap up a few minutes. Yeah, early. and the puppy is telling me hours. that she would really quite like to go out. I think she's being very polite about it. Um, well, I'm sorry I didn't but. make you cupcakes, but how about before I leave for the UK, <laughs> we'll be, try to meet up in person and have cupcakes at the studio or something, and we'll That's celebrate it. with you. Celebrate, but. celebrate our 50th. That's it. Thank That's you it. for 50. Here's to 50 more. And exactly, exactly. Thanks to all of you guys. <laughs> I have been. Uh, it has been really delightful uh, to find folks who are excited to talk about these things in this kind of way, um, and being able to provide this opportunity, which again, it was one of the things. Uh, one of the one of the things that was the impetus for it is sort of seeing like this doesn't exist and it should you know there there needs to be a place 
where this kind of thing can happen and being being this kind of bridge between you know serious academic discussion and fan discussion is one of the things that signum has been about from the beginning so um and you know and studios is very much um you know building a home in that space you know we're building a house there uh so that's something that we're that we're pretty excited about so thank thank you guys uh for for being along with us here for 50 episodes and looking forward to all of the fun discussions to come absolutely see you guys not next week hopefully not next week week after that all right thanks everybody bye now bye guys